So Kyle, we finally got it. We finally got a movie where the title song is sang or is, is performed, performed or what well, we or shouldn't say performed, played. right? Played. Played, yes. Played in the movie. And it's right away. Yeah, we've come close with like trailers playing the songs, but this is the first film which so, in which the title is a song and is played in the movie. So what are they? My boyfriend's back. Uh, money for nothing too. Ah, money for nothing. Right, and, and later will be boogie nights. Yeah, but this one we finally get it. Mm-hmm. So come on, Kyle. It's tradition. Really? You're gonna Re- sing it. Oh my God. We know you I want to. When a man loves a woman, I'll know the other words. No one does. No one does. The whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like singing that song and then just trying to figure out what the second lyric is, right? You, you mumble it, right? Yeah. And then what's the next lyric you know in the song? Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rain! I'm a fucking idiot! Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Puppy. Why don't you have some fun? Fun! Fun! Tommy, that's a pay thing. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish! <laughs> I'm always home, I'm uncool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hi again, and welcome to this week's edition of the P.S. I Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm your host, Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk great movies. Woo! So we got a interesting movie this week, Kyle. Yeah. 1994's When a Man Loves a Woman. You've heard me sing it, at least. One like, more time, one more time for, no, for the I road. Come on. No, Percy Sledge. Like, that's the man who sings it. Doesn't Michael Bolton sing it? Percy Sledge know, is the man who sings <laughs> it. Michael Bolton does have a very famous version. Sure. I'm and happy... Yeah. It's the Percy Sledge version that we use. Yes, the Percy Sledge version is the first thing we hear in this film. Yeah, I love the opening of this film, kind of. So this film is a little bit heavy. Yes, okay, should we just start off by saying, I mean, we're, we're, we're a couple of light-hearted, jokey guys on this podcast, but this is some, you know, sensitive uh, sensitive story here. Yeah, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you've heard our other episodes. I'm, I don't know if you just drop in on this one randomly, but if you do... If you do, thank you. Yes, uh, welcome. Welcome. welcome, welcome. Yeah, we usually like to keep it uh, light and fresh. Yeah. However, today's episode... It it, it deals mm. with addiction, specifically uh, the main character is addicted to alcohol, but it also, it, little, it, it rings a little close to home. Uh, just I mean, I, I know I've experienced it, but also... I mean, our podcast is about a man who unfortunately lost the battle of his addiction to uh, drugs. You've experienced it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but family members. Sure. Oh, family members. I was, I was thought you meant yourself. I'm like, I didn't know this chapter of your life. No, I, I'm <laughs> lucky, lucky enough that uh, my enjoyment of alcohol hasn't gotten out of hand. Gotcha, that gotcha. out of hand. I mean, we won't ask for specifics, obviously, yeah. in your life, but... It's I, this is something that I'm not accustomed to. I don't personally think I know any alcoholics. I guess suffering alcoholics. Anyone could be an alcoholic, right? Mm. So this is a little bit foreign to me. But yeah, it's... I understand. I mean, enough. I've seen enough of the world to understand addiction. 
Yeah, I mean this. Uh, so something I read about this is that uh, you know it it got it was re- pretty well received, but a big thing was a lot of people said that it was sensitive material and they didn't like it because it was just too, like you know, just struck a chord that they've experienced, and I can I can only you know like I it. I'm not married, as no one in my core, like core family. It's not like I was around it, like how Andy Garcia and Meg Ryan, as a couple, are you know dealing with this. Yeah, and I think let's touch on the film. I think this is one of those films that, while it's not like Oscar level, yeah, cl- clearly, I don't know if that was what they're going for. It's possible. It's in that second tier. It was released in like the spring, so I know nowadays it's like Oscar bait is fall times. So. Yeah, I'm not so sure back then. Yeah. If you look at the nominees back then, it doesn't always follow that. Yeah. But it's one of these second tier films that it's just like a heavy drama that's not necessarily yeah, there's in not... the Oscar contention. Though I, though I think Meg Ryan does a great job. Yeah. Um, and, and that was, I think, the critical consensus as well. Yes. She it... was very much praised for her depiction of someone you know, as, as an alcoholic yeah, and back to what you said, I, I think that maybe where this movie, for lack of a better word, misses, is that it is it is in that that in between niche where it is a heavy subject, but it doesn't take it a hundred percent serious because it's still a little popcorny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I mean, just like when you're trying to make something, in the end of the day, like still like entertaining and obviously like not like just like an art house film you're gonna fall into that awkward territory of just like how far can we should we push it yeah and in 1994 i doubt they're saying let's make an art house film with meg ryan i mean she was super hot at the time yeah literally and (laughs) and figuratively you meg ryan fan back in the day she's right in my uh (laughs) dream i was about to say wheelhouse that wouldn't be true right in my dream wheelhouse (laughs) uh but yeah i mean she's sleepless in seattle she had done she had done with harry met sally Sally. not you got mail yet which one of my guilty pleasures yeah i like dogs i like the upper west side i like tom hanks what can i say tom hanks is almost the lead in this film but so was deborah winger who was in leap of faith that we've covered oh wow so i don't think i don't i mean maybe so it was hanks winger hanks winger then became garcia ryan Ryan. that's i don't know it like it says like you know that those two were attached and they dropped out or they whatever whatever happened but I'm curious if, like, it was, like... I think he would have... I mean, he obviously clearly worked with her, with Meg Ryan again, and worked with her twice before. So maybe we would have gotten... Maybe this would have been the... What do you call a four trilogy? Well, is it a trilogy? Mean... No, it's not a real trilogy, but what do you call it? I don't know, right? I don't know. It would just be, instead of the Joe versus the Volcano it's, trilogy... It becomes that a saga, talk then. <laughs> talk, yeah. I guess it's the, the Joe hey. versus the Volcano saga. This would have been yeah. a very, very darker yeah well this i guess it's fitting because it's like kind of in the middle (laughs) what do you you say just side meg ryan films things of the joe versus the volcano trilogy Uh what's the lightest one the lightest one probably joe versus i would say so right because it's like a really odd sense of humor and then i would have went with You've got males, definitely number two. There. Yeah, but at the same time, a woman loses her business. Oh. I know, but like, sleepless <laughs> in Seattle is like 
I, I to be honest, I haven't seen either in such a long time. <laughs> True, so fair. I can't. <laughs> you can tune into our Meg Ryan podcast yeah. after we finish this one. <laughs> Kate and Leopold. I so that's a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> See, I, I, I Le- feel... leave Schreiber's in there. Oh, is he? Brecken Meyer. Leaf Shriver and um, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, Ooh. and Sabretooth. <laughs> One of the Sabretooths. Yes. One of the Sabretooths. <laughs> he was a good Sabretooth, but not a good movie. No, not a good movie. Different podcast. Anyway, <laughs> so um, just FYI, like you mentioned uh, before, we tell everyone what this is about. We kind of have touched on it, but we do like to hear your beautiful words. Like you said, it was highly praised or praised enough. Seventy-one percent around Tomatoes, mm-hmm. which is pretty good for us. Yeah. You know, it's one of our so higher-rated films so far. We're definitely going to get ones that are, like, up there. Oh, of course, of course. But we, here, we like to see a good movie, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and unfortunately, Phil Hoffman doesn't show up until, like, an hour in the movie, and then he just has, like, no. two very, very brief scenes, and I was really, like, I called it, like, I totally, when we, like, knew that this was a movie about addiction, like, I'm not trying to make a joke here, because, like I said, you know, like, you know, he battled addiction as well but i just had a feeling he was going to be someone through her like uh you know therapy and through her uh rehab you know encounters yeah so unfortunately we won't get too much of philip seymour hoffman today on the podcast which always breaks our heart yeah last week you got a lot of clips from the yearling this week you're just gonna get Literally, we'll probably include two lines. his two lines in yeah. the film. He's a pivotal character, but he sh- I feel like he should have been more pivotal, but we'll get to that later. Might have to play, you know, there's some really good dramatic chops in here between Garcia and Ryan, so just like Scent of a Woman, obviously not Pacino oh, of course. level, but we'll play a nice little dramatic clip for you at some point. So Kyle, we've dissected it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Tell us what this film is about in your pre-produced words. Michael, played by Andy Garcia, and his wife Alice, played by Meg Ryan, are forced to face the consequences of her alcoholism when her addictions threaten her life and the life of their daughters. From detox and rehab to moving back home, Michael and Alice must come to terms with how their lives and their relationship have changed. Good, that was nice, that was nice. Thank you. So let's uh, get into the cast, basically. We've talked at nauseam about Meg Ryan. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the four major players in this movie are Alice, Meg Ryan, Michael, Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia, and then from, right, like, The Godfather 3. Godfather 3, and one of my favorite films, Untouchables. Untouchables, yeah. I mean, His chemistry with Sean Connery in that movie is I, I'm a I'm a big Andy Garcia fan. Like, I yeah. wish he did more stuff. I mean, and he, him in the Oceans films are really good. Yeah, he is, he is. And it's funny, because, look, The Godfather 3 kind of gets shit on. It's, Godf- I always say this. Godfather 3 as just like if the first two Godfathers didn't exist, Godfather 3 wouldn't be like shit on nearly No, as no, no. Much. It, it just it followed two two of the best films ever. Yeah. Years For, later, you know. Like critic and fan and award reckoning. However, I always felt like one of the best arcs in the film was his and he does a great job with with that like not the whole thing with the with the daughter, you know, but like Yeah, well that was just a uh, what you call for Sophia Coppola. Yeah, Sophia Coppola. Like, but I mean she's accomplished much as <laughs> behind the scenes. Him on the horse dresses a cop and he shoots uh I forgot who it is, Armand or Santi, is it? Something like yeah. that. Uh, I mean, I, I thought he was very good in that film, and he, he's pretty much good in whatever I've seen him in. I'd never seen this film. Had you seen this film before this? No, no, I have not. So, first time for both of us. Who are you going to say the other... Uh... 
And then so that you know they're like two the two main characters, but the next is their daughters. Their so, daughters, yeah. So they, they don't really go into this, but Meg Ryan had a daughter before. before. Yeah, they mentioned it because she. I mean, they, they, but they, they have the whole. Like, into it. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, yeah, like it's not like we meet that guy. That dad, no, but it is. Like, there is an element. We thought maybe because the older daughter Jess is like you know like oh I'll call when she's upset at one point she's like well I'll call my my dad because she calls Andy Garcia Michael. Yeah, so basically Andy Garcia. Which is interesting because she's eight year. She's gonna go an eight year old dance. So I remember she's eight years old in the film. Yeah, I mean it's a little complicated, but he's definitely like the father figure in her life. Yeah, for at least he the marries. Past, yeah, he marries uh, four years. At, it starts at four years after their marriage. So at least maybe five if they. Yeah, because the one before that. the one yeah. daughter's four years old. So. Um, so he marries into this. Uh, her with a daughter. Yeah. Pregnant with Alice has his Jess already biological and then, daughter. Yeah. yeah, and then they get married. The movie begins with what you think is gonna be like their meet cute, but I had a feeling I was like, this isn't. This no, it isn't was too prepackaged. It was yeah, yeah exactly. They uh, a little interesting fact. I thought I I wouldn't say you know like when I read trivia online, sometimes it just has like a fact like not about the movie, but like a place that they shot or something. Yeah. But I thought. Since it's a film about alcoholism, I thought this was kind of an interesting fact, and it's that the opening scene is uh, so the film takes place in San Francisco. Yeah, starts off beautiful with the city. song if you've "Beautiful been. City." Yes, yes, one Let's of go. our favorites yes. on the podcast. You know, get to see the Golden Gate in the background. You see the trolleys, and then they and they're right at the uh, what is that called? The Fisherman's Wharf area. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And they're at the Buena Vista Cafe, which is like a very old you know, lasting pl- uh, establishment in San Francisco. And it's the first place uh, that Irish coffee was invented wow. there in the Interesting. 1950s. Interesting. So just... I Irish think... coffee was invented in San Francisco yes. in the 1950s? Wow. Yeah. You don't think anyone ever tried that before? I, I mean, like, I, I guess <laughs> as far as, like, labeling it... Like there, a menu like, yeah. item, yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was uh, number one, beautiful city, good drink, and it's... Uh, you know, apropos given that it's a film about alcoholism. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, that's a good fact. Yeah, thank you. So like you said, they have this meet cute, and yeah. it's for, well, first. So a guy, for, a guy is hitting on her, and I recognize <laughs> who is this guy? Re- who is this guy? His tell name me. is Stephen Brill. I was, I was like, Kyle's He's gonna tell me who this guy big is. Big time Adam Sandler collaborator. He di- he directed a bunch of Sandler oh. films too, like uh, like. Little Nicky and a lot of his current Netflix stuff. Oh, really? He's acting a couple. Like he, he was like. So where do small. I know him from? Like, what film do you know? Oh, okay. He's one of, as far as like one of his big, quote unquote bigger roles, especially in Adam Sandler movie. He's one of the douchebag friends in the Wedding Singer when they run into them during like his bachelor party. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I definitely remember. Him and he's that. like, yeah, didn't your parents die? <laughs> And then, like, even he just has small bit like in Mr. Deeds when like he rents out Madison Square Garden, he, he's just like got an Italian accent. He's like, "You, you're gonna like what I play." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. Like the point being, this guy's hitting on Meg Ryan. To and, me, he's like a poor man's Bruno Kirby. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I yeah. also I think from When Harry Met Sally. True, it's <laughs> appropriate mention. But then, so he's hitting on her. Meg Ryan's having nothing of it. But then Andy Garcia comes over, and he's just got this whole bit of. I'm gonna. I got a. He's a pilot, and he's got a flight that he's got to make, and 
if she could pick up his laundry, I'm like, ooh, boy, just even that is just feels yeah, it, it, sexist. It feels sexist, <laughs> it feels weird, but then when it starts working, you're like, huh? And that's yeah. when, to me, I'm like, no, this can't be real. Just like right away, I was like, uh, this is something, like, I was like, I don't Well, I didn't know if it was just a crappy film. Yeah, you know? well, no, just, that's a good point. <laughs> but then, like, and then she eventually, like, straddles him, and at that, that point, she doesn't, like, wave it to the guy, but I saw, like, a ring on the finger. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, said something about breakfast or something in the morning. I don't know. It just makes guy, it yeah. clear that it's uh, they're married. And the guy, and then the Stephen Brill's character just turns and hits on the woman to like his Yeah. It's like a little like cute little gag thing. Pretty soon after we get to meet the daughters in, yeah. in this family's lives. Two and... child act, act very good in this movie and they're child actors that moved on. In them, yeah, that, that are both at least were somewhat active. Yeah, still no, still active. Still, I would say the second one more. But. So Jess, the older daughter, she's played by uh, Tina Majorino, who is, as a child actor, was in obviously this film, but then Waterworld and Andre. Andre, one of your favorites. Yeah, <laughs> it's very sad. I remember when Andre gets cut and there's like, <laughs> seal blood all over the place. <laughs> anyway, and then uh, I love I love how that touched you more than the film about alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> and then as an adult, I mean, it's been a while now. She was in Napoleon Dynamite, then she was in the show like Big Love. Yeah, she's a Big Love. So she's she's still around. Yeah, and yeah, then, I actually think she's really great. Yeah, and uh, and this and this was her um, this was her first role ever. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, and then. Then I'm assuming this. I didn't see this as a fact for this uh, actress, but then the younger daughter, Casey, played by Mae Whitman, I would assume she's you know much younger even than Tina, so I'd assume this was her first role too. But I just didn't see anywhere confirming that. Yeah, I mean it's possible. It's one of her first roles for sure. Yes, and so then as a moving on as a child, she's the daughter in Independence Day. Yes, and then as an adult. Her biggest thing is like arrest development. Yeah, and egg. Yeah, egg. <laughs> one of your favorites, right? Yes. With the show. Well, I don't know about earlier. Her. I like her. I like her. Well, she I was mean, replaced, right? She replaced somebody. She replaced. She definitely somebody. like the the better version, though. Yeah. But better slash worse. It, she's funny. Yeah, and then she's. I mean, she's been some other things. She's in. She's also in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, and she's also in this one film called The Duff, which I think I'm like, how did that? title get released it's a very it's i find it offensive i've i've never seen the film i've heard it's good but like uh no but it's like why is it an offensive duff, title duff is like an acronym for like dumb ugly friend or something uh, really like yeah. i didn't know that yeah. wow maybe i'm the duff and i, I just didn't know no, no i, I figured duff. <laughs> <laughs> no i figured i mean i see you have a duff beer can oh, on your desk. Yeah, yeah no that's that's from the simpsons not... yeah i was like is, is that is it like a simpsons <laughs> in joke i don't know she was also a star on that show, Parenthood. And I'm like, my mother watched it. I didn't watch yeah. it. But NBC, she's uh, Lauren, She's another Gilmore Girls kind of reference. She's Lauren Graham's daughter on that show. So, uh, We're like destined to just constantly talk. We need to have a Gilmore Girls podcast. We need to watch it, first of all. I just know that, too, because she was in... Again, not that I watched it. I kind of watched a little of it. She was in the... Gilmore Girls new one on Netflix oh, as like good. a little cute like oh my god both her daughters are here that wasn't the plot but you know oh, I see so I mean I she... want these two actresses to team up I think they've got like they would have some yeah they had, they had some nice chemistry I wonder if they've like talked since then I'm That'd sure they have um, but I've always been since the rest of the film I've always been a Mayweather fan mm. so obviously she's much different as a child yeah <laughs> regardless um, 
Yeah, but th- this film, so, like, you know, like, good opening, but then right away, they, like, again, not to be, like, cutesy with alcoholism, but, like, th- so the next scene after that, then they're celebrating their anniversary. I think it's their fifth anniversary. Yeah, right? this is, yeah, fourth, fourth, fourth I think. Okay. And this is a very, like, I don't know, just side note, like, they're a very, like, sexual couple. I don't know if that's related. Well, it's Andy Garcia. <laughs> Maybe. But they have, like, a, we'll just say they have a very healthy sex life. Yeah. Because there's that yeah. that line, like, I, it's one of the opening lines in the trailer where, where they're just watching home videos, and um, this is where you see that the younger daughter is, like, Meg Ryan was pregnant during their marriage. Yeah. And she's like, how did I get in there? Like, because... Yeah, and then... And then uh... <laughs> Andy Garcia says... That's on a whole other set of videos. Yeah, and then, like, Jess, the older daughter, says, we're not allowed to watch those videos. So I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> number one, like, they, they videotape themselves having sex. And number two, their daughter knows of this. Yeah, well. Like, knows of this? So, first of all, yeah, I mean. I we... mean, hot. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, in all seriousness, there's a lot of chances for her to get, like, screwed up in this film. But that's probably one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's just weird. That just struck me as weird. It's a lot for an eight-year-old to take in. I, I guess, but again, it's probably written in yeah. for like us in the theater to laugh. Like, ha, ha, ha. One of the only lighter moments in this movie. Fair. Very fair. But even when... So Meg Ryan, they're leaving, and they've got this um, like Asian nanny who's, I think... She's she's pregnant at that time, too. Her name's Amy. Amy, she's played like, by Lauren Tom. Yeah, she's so, all... She throws some sass. She's like a smart gal. Do you, know, do you recognize Lauren Tom from anywhere? I, like... Not like off the top. I recognize her, but I can't like recognize her from something. Um, Friends is like the biggest example for me because you know I'm a big Friends yeah. guy. She's a uh, Ross's girlfriend in That's season her? two. Yeah. Oh. What was her name? Julie. 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 Okay. Yeah, she's Julie. She's also in like the Joy Luck Club and some other things. She'd like a little. She always little wanted bit. to. Never, <laughs> just never sat down and uh, popped in the Joy Luck Club. She has a little bit of like a moment there. So, obviously yeah. in this film, like, she's pretty as Julie, and this one they kind of, like, put big glasses on her and big a big dress. Yeah, made her, like, look like nerdy Asian, pregnant nerdy Asian. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they make her look Asian, she is Asian. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this isn't a yellow face film, yeah. Lauren Tom but, is Asian. But Meg Ryan walks out, the, uh, it's very subtle, but she walks out the door with a beer bottle. Yeah, there's I'm subtle like, signs, because in the first scene she's drinking, yeah. in the second scene she's drinking, but we're not... We're not recognizing it as that yet. But I mean, since I since I watched the trailer and like did a little research, I knew it was a film, you know, of, like alcoholism. So I was like, oh, foreshadowing. It's not really foreshadowing because man, do they just jump into this right yeah. into the film? They're at dinner, very lovely dinner, and you know they exchange gifts and they had like a don't go over like twenty dollar thing. But he he clearly does with a lovely necklace and they dance, and then they uh, they get home and she's drunk she's like he's supporting her but it's like seems like oh we're just having fun or whatever and she like you know like is kind of like carrying her and puts her on the bed and she slides off of it and then earlier in the film uh we're introduced to this porsche that's alarms going off yeah like ah the porsche again and now the porsche is going off in the early mornings and she's screaming out saying like people are trying to have sex up here and it's like oh and it's clear here that this isn't just like she got drunk on her anniversary and she drank too much it's clear that he says like uh, I'm getting a little tired of like picking you up off the floor or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, this is something she does. 
Yeah, and then she goes outside, just makes a stop, pit stop at the refrigerator. She goes outside with like a bunch of stuff, but only then takes the eggs and starts whipping them at this Porsche <laughs> and then gets on top of it and like kind of like sits on it and does a whole like batter batter like or you know like playing the catcher and has Andy Garcia and you see like his face but then like he's clearly like in denial but then just pretty much like goes along with it and starts throwing eggs at the cars as well. Yeah, because he doesn't know the level of her al- no neither do we, but like he doesn't know the level of her alcoholism at this point. Yeah. But at the same time it's just like you're both clearly like, you know, successful, like have a nice home in San Francisco. You've got two daughters that are asleep upstairs. Don't 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 throw eggs at a car. No, no, I mean that's obvious. <laughs> but we see that as like a a nice little haha moment yeah. kind of. And this one to go along with uh one of your earlier comments how like dramatic maybe it can be like did they go far enough you know like just how how do you treat this material this is a movie that has like cliche not that the music is bad but it very much like has those like music cues like this is how you should be feeling right now yeah okay yeah i was gonna i wrote a note about that like i think with a different soundtrack here in this scene you might think this is a lighter moment yeah but it's kind of a dark song playing yeah it's it. almost like <laughs> yeah like no really that's why i'm like he like i wrote like oh he's clearly in denial like you see like this face but it's like almost like a juxtaposition of like this light you know moment where you can just like on the inside they're just like blackening but outside they're smiling and putting up the or at least he is because she's very drunk then then we find out you know, so the next day, this is also something we see the daughter's very intuitive, and she definitely knows something is up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, she, she's like that wise daughter. Yeah, you know? older. She's also her known her mother longer than uh, Michael, Andy Garcia's character. Yeah, well, that's just something, played. like, I know that, like, people with, you know, like, single parents, it's obviously clearly, like, bond more. So even if she was, if she's eight now and they've been together for four years, she had a solid three, four years that was just her and her mom. Exactly, and then she's a uh, a guidance counselor. Yeah, what a position to be in with with her issues. But yeah, I don't know. I guess it makes sense. She's trying to help other people. Yeah. Um, just to backtrack a little bit, sure. like I know it's kind of sounds at times that we're like ripping the screenplay, and I'm not sure the screenplay is like the issue. Again, I don't think there's an issue because this is a fine movie to me. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this screenplay was written by Ronald Bass, oh. who I knew the name and I looked him up, and he's an Academy Award winner for writing. He wrote Rain Man. Oh, okay. But he wrote some of your other favorites as well. Um, My Best Friend's Wedding. Wow. I know you like that I one. I love that. What Dreams May Come. I know you said that wasn't, like, the worst film. No. It's a creative some film. Some people really shit on that movie. I know, I know. And he's, he's, he's like a your your solid Hollywood screenwriter. And yeah. he, he even writes still today. And co-writer is Al Franken former SNL alum yeah. who's now a U.S. senator, which is uh, interesting, you know. Uh, vote for Al Franken in the next election <laughs> if you could, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> local Senate office. I don't know. Minnesota. You're Minnesota. in Minnesota now. <laughs> um, uh, and the director, and and I'll get we'll get into the director later. Yeah. But his name is like Luis Mandoki. Yeah. Uh, he's a Mexican director. Comes from obviously a long line of good Hollywood Mexican directors. Mm-hmm. But I looked at his IMDb, and he's done more Mexican Yeah, films. he definitely... Uh, Acclaimed was, Mexican films, it yeah. seems like. I hadn't seen them, but we go to Mexico later in the film. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, it's one of those things, too, I think I mentioned it before, like, 
in, in other things, like when a director kind of has say, like, oh, can we just shoot one scene in Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, knew, like, his buddy yeah. had a good resort. <laughs> yeah, well, but... Two Latinos in this film, so, well... Yeah, hey, there you go. Yeah, so they just kind of, they want to get away, because then she goes out for after-work drinks, but then he miss, ends up missing a flight because of her... And Amy couldn't stay around because she had something to do or whatever. But pretty much, uh, they just like they go to Mexico to get away. Yeah. And you meet the grandma. The grandmother's played by Ellen Bernstein. Ellen Bernstein. Yes. But again, kind of the same as great actress, but the same thing as like PSH. Yeah, legendary, right? Yeah, legendary. And same thing as like PSH, like nothing. How many scenes? One, two. Technically two. Weird, right? Um, and then cl- clearly Meg Ryan has like problems with her mom, and then even the granddaughter is just like, "Don't leave me with her." Like you know, yeah, she doesn't like, seem bad when we yeah, see her, but like, grandkids are supposed to love grandparents. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, they get away to Mexico and just right away, you know, they're just they're drinking and they're on a rowboat or whatever, and she's clearly drunk. And I just would have never, I didn't see any bottles on that uh, rowboat. I just would have gone out on a rowboat with her. If she's that <laughs> drunk, but she falls into the water. No, and he's a romantic. Michael here is a romantic. Yeah. Um, to be clear, it's like a Mexican resort. Yeah, we're not like, like... all inclusive pool. They're having a good time, and yeah, we're not in like a favela. <laughs> Bella, Brazil. Brazil, maybe okay. I don't know. It's not a slum. No, no, yeah. no. It, it, this is like a posh Mexican resort. Yeah, because he and he ha- and he has a big line in this scene: "Ringing you out at the end of an evening is less fun than it used to be." Which is not just your ordinary like line. Like I'm getting sick of this. It's like it's something heavily talked about in this film. Is just he's slightly an an enabler and. You know, just that early magic and that fun. You know, she's a fun person. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as to say he's an enabler. He's, or you know, just like someone that he he knew something was up. He wasn't in tune enough. Like he says yeah. later in the film, like he didn't listen enough. Yeah. Um, one thing before we like leave this brief Mexican scene, mm-hmm. he has another weird like sex line that creeps me out. Okay. Well, the weird line is like uh, he whispers to her like I found some guy to watch us have sex on the beach he doesn't even say tape or film oh, I totally like just didn't hear that line correctly I thought he was just saying like let's I thought he, I th- like I thought he said let's go have wine and sex on the beach or something like that no he said he found a guy to, and, and then uh. she goes a local like I <laughs> hope they're kidding I hope this is like that beginning banter thing for Spanish but like what, what does she do they enjoy this? Because they had the videotape thing earlier. Yeah. I don't know. People, you're allowed to enjoy whatever you want. That's okay. It's just, it was a weird beat that they yeah, kept hitting sure. on in the film. Like it, like you said, like the not too many light moments here, but all the light moments were about people watching them have sex. So. Yeah, hey, whatever floats your boat. Hey, I mean, those are, I guess, the good parts. When a there. man loves a woman. Yeah, when a man loves a woman, he'll pay a local... Mexican. He'll pay a local yeah. to film him on the beach having sex with his wife. It doesn't even say film, those though. Those are the next words. Oh, those are the next words. You're right. <laughs> How could I forget that? It's those? just like Louis Louis. No one knows the words. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So, I mean, after that, they go back home. And, but, like, the, the next thing is, like, we see that she brings a bottle. Oh, because in Mexico, she says, all right, like, I promise, like, no more. Yeah, she kind of makes like, you know, 
we knew we know this promise is going to be of broken. course considering where we are on the film as well yes <laughs> but because when she goes home she goes outside and she brings a bottle puts like some newspaper around it and then tosses it in the garbage can then she takes like a little swig and then she takes a big old swig from this like I'm assuming vodka it's clear yeah. alcohol she says um, it later that she mostly drinks vodka, yeah. so that he doesn't smell I it. I kind of want to play the Ron Swanson line about clear alcohol right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not topical and probably at, at okay, probably yeah. off color a little bit. All right, <laughs> all right, I won't edit it in. Anyway, uh, and but then she she locked herself out. Yes. And then he has to come, rings the bell, goes down, and she just throws some line at him. But clearly, like you just see him, and he's just like. God, like what? What now? And then the next scene, she, you know, it's like the next day or whatever. She comes home drunk. Amy is there. She like experiences, you know, she's definitely, she's no dummy, so I'm sure she's experienced it before. But as far as us seeing it, this is when Amy experiences Alice drunk. She's like not sure if she should go, and she's just like, just go, just go, Amy. And she's now like not a fun drunk, just like a bad mean drunk. Yeah, she later says that the following scene is like her low point. Yeah, and then she yells at her daughter about homework, and then she ends up taking pills, and she's drinking, and then she hits her. Yeah, daughter. she hits her daughter, and it's just like, oh my god, just like, this is like the, this is the emotional crux of the film. Here. Yeah, this is where you're like, oh my god. And then she's in a shower, and she's throwing up, and then she freaking leans against the door, and it just shatters. I'm surprised. I was expecting, because then the daughter finds, she hears it, goes in there. I was expecting to see, like, a pool of blood or something. Yeah, there was no blood here, but she's, like, passed out on the ground, and the daughter literally yeah, thinks... hits her head, and she's yeah, calls Andy Garcia, I guess, left, Michael left a, like, emergency line, or... Yeah, because, like you said, he's a pilot, so he often yeah, goes away. Yeah, or something... And he's at, I think, an airport bar. Yeah. I, I'm guessing the daughter must have called the airline. And Something. The, the airline yeah. probably tracked him down at the airport somewhere. Um, this is another thing we well, said. I was like, eight years old. I made a, no- a phone call on a 911. I, I knew that number. I'm surprised she didn't. Yeah, yeah, that is surprising. As an I mean, intuitive eight-year-old that she was. But she may be, She might be intuitive en- enough, like, I don't know. To know is also something that like, yeah, I'm trying other to... people might not want to know. Yeah, maybe, but she does yeah. think she's dead. I'm yeah. not sure. Um, I mean, that's that's like, that moment, like, was the tear-jerking moment for me there, because yeah. it's like, you you just hear the panic in Andy Garcia's voice, and like, Yeah, oh the panic God. in Andy Garcia's voice, and, and the then, daughter. like, yeah, and then Tina Majorino is like, uh, you know, child actor is just like, I mean, this whole film, she's really, really good. Like she, you know, she has to do both. Both kids are good, but she has much more. Yeah, I would argue that like she, she has the breakout performance yeah. here. Unfortunately, Philip Seymour Hoffman's not in it enough to have it. Yeah, he should have played the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll ask you at the end. Like, do you think he would have been better as the daughter? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, we see him in some dresses and flawless. So. <laughs> True. So next, I, I mean, yeah, maybe. it's a tough moment here. She goes to the program. It's obvious she needs to go to rehab. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, she's left there, and they're not happy about it because she can't make calls right away while she goes through detox and everything. Obviously, this is going to be tough for uh, her daughters, their daughters, and he's he's just way, you know, weighing over his head. Yeah, uh, the older daughter, Jess, you could tell, like, is trying to be the mom as well. Yeah, she was, like, cooking breakfast. She, I mean, she's way too young. It's so much on her. Doing you just hair. feel bad. Yeah. 
she even then the youngest daughter asks, "What's an alcoholic?" I'm like, "Oh, oh my yeah, it's God. tough." And Andy Garcia explains that. I think he does like a good he does job. Does pretty good job, but then she turns and looks at her sister and says, "What's an alcoholic?" Yeah, and, like you know, then Jess like gives her own little explanation. Hey, I think she well, does a pretty good job. For well, she does a good too. job. She does more like Andy Garcia, just like gives like a wide description while Jess goes and says, you know, when, like, mom's in a weird mood or she's tired or blah, 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 like, that's, yeah. you know, alcoholism. But it's just, you know. And Meg Ryan, I think here she's, like, at her finest acting-wise. I mean, she's not, look, she's never won an Academy Award or anything like that, yeah. but she's not a bad actor here. Yeah, I mean, this isn't, like, a walk the line where he's, like, drinking and ripping out sinks and, like, doing crazy things, but she's in, No, you know, she's in rehab, she's detox. Yeah, detox she's and there tell. sitting and angry and, yeah, all, I mean, the, the, I don't know if you want to call them cliches or just, like, the tropes or, like, you know, the understand, the br- very face value understandings that we have of detox and alcoholism but that's you know that's what they show here and like the doctor comes in and it's just like you know we're gonna get through this yeah she she takes smoking up again but it's almost like a trade-off here mm-hmm. and you know an hour into the film andy garcia kind of visits her yes yeah, our first visit and he brings with the, girls. with the girls and it's a nice moment there yeah. you can see she's getting better but she's not he meets perfect. a few of her Peers while she walks around with the girls. Yeah, one of them is like, yeah, one of them's like an armed robber, and like he, she leaves the girls with him because she's learned to trust these people, and yeah, they've been open. She says to him at one point, I don't know the exact line, but like anything you're looking and like judging them for, like I'm the same as them. And she kind of is in this group here. Sure. And then, like I said, we're an hour into the movie. He's visiting her, and we finally get to see Philip Seymour Hoffman. Gary. Gary. He looks like a Gary. Sure. So I guess we'll play. Yeah, his we'll little play this clip. brief line. It's classic Philip Seymour Hoffman, like mumbling kind of. <laughs> yeah, we might have to turn the volume emotion. up here. Yeah. Gary, this is Mike. Hi. I feel like I know you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Your wife's a very comforting person. Yes. Very. Do you mind if I talk to her for a second? Yes, just for a second. <laughs> yep. I mean, literally, that's the scene. You know, that's yeah. the scene. Uh, you know, we always try whether, uh, you know, how small, how big the roles have been so far, really talk about his, you know, what he's done with this role. And it's not, it's not bad, but honestly, I, I, I can't say much about this role. No, I mean, what we can it's talk besides about. Besides, like, I want to see him I mean maybe there's another role that he goes into rehab someday I'm very curious if he um, took this role because it was something yeah yeah that's what I was going to ask how he was like 26 when he shot this I'm not sure what period in his life addiction wise he was in yeah I know I definitely I read up on this okay so in uh well in 2006 he did a 60 minute interview and he revealed that like he engaged in drug and alcohol abuse while at NYU, and he said, anything I could get my hands on, I liked it all. And But, like, in 1989, uh, he was 22, and he entered rehab, mm. uh, and then he was sober for 23 years, and then he relapsed in 2013. Okay, so, so then he definitely took this role on because he'd been there and he'd done that. Yeah, so this is, like, five years after he was in rehab. And so it's personal to him. It's personal. It's probably offered to him, and he... 
I think before uh, we recorded today, we discussed, like, maybe he had some deleted scenes or something, because it is very small. Yeah, so not to jump ahead, we'll, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but then the next interaction we have with him, he's at Alice and Michael's house, and Michael, like, has this whole suspicion kind of thing, like, pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, it starts with this scene we just played, that he's, like, not sure. Yeah. Because everyone, I mean, hey, she's very attractive, and clearly, like, he felt that Alice was, like, a fun woman, and there's, like, a magic to her, and that's maybe why he fell in love with her, and so that's just what a lot of these people, particularly the guys, are experiencing and mentioning to Michael while he's walking around, like, oh, she's such a great woman. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it is a bit intimidating to know that, you know, you've been away from your wife and she's surrounded by a bunch of guys that she's emotionally, uh, she's know. She's being very vulnerable with them to yeah. a level that he hasn't experienced. Yeah. And it's, you know, husband, I mean, it's, it's her husband, so it's, I, I, I get it from his perspective. Mm-hmm. So I know we posted it on our Facebook. It was this like video. Um, this is animated video. Yeah, it, it's it's just an audio th- um, with like this conversation he had with uh, the philosopher Simon Critchley, I think his name is, mm-hmm. and he talks about happiness and he talks about like his addiction. Philip Seymour Hoffman, that is, mm-hmm. and he talks about pleasure and he talks about uh, his addictions and how he can't. He can't be the guy who has just like one beer. He gets mm-hmm. no pleasure in that. No one glass of wine. He he lived his life in kind of these indulgences. Something that you know, I guess I can't relate to necessarily. No. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend I do. But I mean, anytime you hear him speak about it, it's pretty heavy. And, and in this conversation, he says there is no pleasure that I haven't made myself sick on. And I think. You, you see a lot of that in this Meg Ryan character, so he definitely like read this script and he says like I can relate yeah. to this. Yeah, some of the, I mean you know just you see these people like large like a lot of these people that have these tragic experiences, addictions are larger than life people, just like really that know how to like enjoy life, like live it to the fullest, or just adventurous, or just like. Very, like or very artistic and very creative, thoughtful individuals. And they're all kinds of people, and it's not, you know, they're not freaks or anything. No, but it's just something that tend to be pretty bad for you, have, you know, addictive, you know, qualities to them. And it, it's just super unfortunate, and it's so selfish of us to say this, but it's like, we definitely lost this man too early. Yeah, I mean, one of the saddest things is, I mean, def- you know, just the fact that he had two young children and but as you know from a I mean you know we experience all time recently with uh, Carrie Fisher and you just you know go that you're like man I just I, you know from I on a personal reason I want to see more of her entertainment because she's just so talented yeah there's just so much more to give yeah in his case like I can't just if he was still alive and announced I'm only going to make a film when I make it with like P.T. Anderson like I'd be like oh that's kind of silly but I'd be like but if that was we were just going to get a film from him like every four years that's still like better than nothing and every performance is yeah powerhouse and again you know there's a man behind this it's not just like the actor it's not just no it's not a dance monkey dance no that and but that's how we saw him that's how we got to enjoy him I think we're just, and we've said this in the, I think, our first podcast, we're just fortunate that 
He did give us so much. He did give us so much, and also to us in particular at very, like, formidable, like, growing and learning the love and craft of filmmaking. Of course, yeah, and I'd much rather him be alive for his family than be alive for us to make great movies. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, it, it is unfortunate, but it's definitely why I think... It's definitely what attracted him to this film. And it's something that... Maybe this was the only role he was supposed to have in this film. Maybe these were his only lines. But I think, you know, he knew he could relate to this. He saw this as a script that was something for him, and he knew he could add to... uh... And again, I mean, in 94, he made, like, three or four other films. So, I mean, it wasn't a big role. It was, like, two days, probably, he worked on this at most. True. And so, and it was a film that its general story just, you know, was meant something to him. Yeah, maybe we just wanted to be a part of it, even if it was like a small role like yeah. this. Some actors that he wanted to collaborate with. It's possible. I mean, again, we can only speculate. Yeah. However, he does good in his one little line, or one yeah. or two little lines. From there, I mean, when she um, finally get, gets out, they just things aren't the same between no no and then one doesn't expect and she even talks to the doctor beforehand and doctor says that she you know she because the doctor went through rehab herself and she said that her uh she and her husband ended up getting a divorce and so things aren't the same so they decide to go with therapist and they both say to the therapist that you know they're irritated and uh michael even says to the point that he feels manipulated like, they both bring up very excellent points. Like, she says she feels, like, belittled. Yeah, it feels real, you know. Both yeah. feel like they have a side to tell here. And it seems like it's something that millions of families go through mm-hmm. every year, probably. And then after that, then we get uh, Philip Schneider Hoffman's next scene where Gary's over. So a- Andy Garcia comes home, Michael comes home, and... They're just kind of, they were just like standing there talking, right? Alice and Gary? Yeah. The death. <laughs> I think I have to share this tonight. Hey. Honey, you remember Gary's, right? Sure. How's it going? Good. It's really good. How you doing? You got a great house. You really do. So, yeah. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm anything but again he just thinks that something might be going on it's funny because he's very mellow about it yeah she never goes into like who he really is yeah or what his deal is and i guess you know there is a privacy element there but even for our audience well every time we the two times we see i was gonna say every time but the two times we see him she just always seems very like he comes up to her in the rehab and like oh can i can i talk can i take her away for a minute she always seems very like she's consoling him so he clearly has like i thought maybe like 
you know, no one came to visit him if that was like Visitor's Day or something. True, yeah, he didn't seem to be with anyone. That's, that's perceptive. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and this kind of, this really pisses Andy Garcia off. Yeah, I mean, she says to him, when I'm scared, he can't help, and he doesn't pretend that he can. So this is like, she's definitely growing as a person. I mean, you know, I mean, she, she had, for the better... And just really understanding herself that much yeah, she, more. Yeah, just like they're supporting her, she's supporting the people that she's found in her community. Mm-hmm. And Michael is still yet to... I was kind of surprised. I was watching something recently. I can't recall what. But one of the main... Oh, is that Netflix show Love. And he goes to... Because the female character in that movie is a alcoholic and like... In the show? Yeah. And, uh, and like, sexaholic. She just has a bunch of addictions, vices. And so he goes to... Al-Anon? A meeting. So he goes to Alan on yes. meetings. Yeah, I haven't seen Love yet. Everyone tells me, "Oh, you gotta watch Love. You gotta watch Love. I'll watch it. I'll watch it." <laughs> but uh, yeah, he goes to one of those meetings, and you know, gets you know, just I mean, to try to help him understand what she's going through, and just hearing what other people are going through with people they love that are that have addictions. And so, just the fact that I mean, that show is about like a couple that's like in their first like month or two of their relationship. I was just like, man, he hasn't gone to like a meeting yet. Uh, so, I mean, it's just something that I think he was still, not that he's in denial, but he just thinks no, like, when she's he, got the problem. When he I'm goes to the Al Anon meeting, yeah. he's like, he thinks they're losers. He calls the people they're losers and yeah. stuff and like, you know, blaming themselves and, or they, they just have, I think he's like crappy spouses and stuff. Yeah. He just hasn't, he hasn't like bought in yet. He, one of the big issues she has is she's, he's just still really angry at her. He's angry, but he's also like... angry at himself. Angry at himself, because he's like, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? And I think he needs to understand that sometimes he's not the one who can help. Yeah. He he can't help her through everything. A lot of it's her journey, and he just kind of has to be there. He comes home after, like, his first meeting... And she just says, like, she's having a bad day, and he just doesn't get it. He's just like, can you no. tell me when this bad day is going to happen? I can work around it. And then, I mean, he, and they just, there's a lot of meaningful dialogue. Let's just, you know what? I think this is this is a good scene to play. Is it me? It's not your problem. No, it's not my problem. It's my fucking fault. Everything is my fault. My sick wife is not making it in a home environment. Why exactly? I mean, I am not your problem. I am not more problem to solve. It was so much more fun in the old days, wasn't it, Michael? I'd get drunk, I'd pass out, and you'd put me back together. That was the best, huh? That made you feel good. And that's what hurts. Tensions are high, and they're just very, they're both very vulnerable and just not, I mean... I think the best word for him is he's frustrated. Yeah. Because, again, he wants to help, but... Yeah. He's not processing this right. Well, she just wants him to say, like, I don't know. Yeah. You know? And he says it, but it's one of those things where... Yeah. Oh, that changed it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and she kind of reveals there, too, that she's not, not in love with love him with anymore. Him, yeah. And that's this is a very romantic guy, so you can tell it just like, stabs him in the heart. Yeah, so... And this is... this Okay, this kind of gets... Uh, so he decides, you know, he's moving out or whatever... And then I just put QREM song, and it's like everybody hurts. Okay, I was thinking that too. Very everybody emotional, hurts. Very good emotional. song, but like I don't know. But if... at the time, it's not that old of a song. No, 
So now we see it like, oh, come on, you know? Like, yeah. It's so obvious. But back then, it probably wasn't. It's, to me, it's just kind of... I understand they're like, he's moving out. It's like, it is a breakup song. But to me, it's just like still like younger person breakup song. I don't know. There's just something, there's just something Maybe like, something you associate with it, but... Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's a melancholy moment. Like you said, mm-hmm. the music in this, whether it be the score or the songs, they're very, like, telling of, this is how you should feel. You yeah. Know? So he's, uh been moved out for like at least like four months or something like that yeah so yeah so like you said he moves out and he's just really questioning what his role is he gets up in the Alan meetings and he's kind of you know being more um open to yeah, it he, well he says talking been, yeah so th- i'm sorry so that's why that's why i wrote down four months that he's been there for four months but this is the first time he decides to mm-hmm, talk mm-hmm. and he put you know and hit like this is where he's finally saying kind of what she was saying to him and I think like living to his biggest fears because he says maybe she never needed me as much as I uh, thought she needed me and that's I mean that's you know she says to him several times like oh you like you know taking care of me at the end of the night like you like that aspect of me and so he comes you know to terms with that essentially yeah and they like you said time passes and they bump into each other as Amy, Lauren, Tom, has her baby, and I guess they both visit her in the hospital at the yeah. same time. You know, we think at this point, oh, maybe they're going to get back together. Yeah, because she seems open to it. She was always the one who you were more worried about, like, that this wasn't working out. Mm-hmm. Not because of her. It is her problem, yes. Yeah. But she's the one who said she didn't love him, for example. Yeah. But then he's, just because we see through, while well, she was in rehab just like things with work aren't going that great and no, they're so, cutting pilots they're or cutting something. pilots he wants he's like saying to his daughter at one point like oh they're gonna be getting like you know younger pilots in there so he has to take a gig where he's based out of denver oh boy san francisco to denver that's a <laughs> well, i mean people love denver people move to colorado like in waves yeah i don't know uh <laughs> i guess it's bigger airport well, maybe not at the time. I'm not sure. Oh. Regardless, this is an airport chat. You can listen to our next podcast about that <laughs> so one. So many, so many <laughs> spinoff podcasts. Regardless, yeah. So she's like, you could tell this is, she's seasoned, and she's like, maybe this is time to just try again, yeah. start again. And it seems and like he's Drops like, the Denver bomb on he's her. He's given up, essentially. Drops the Rocky Mountains on her. He's given up. Yeah. And then, honestly, then it's just like a big, because uh, she says to him, oh, I want you to come to this meeting and then he, you know, says the whole Denver. Yes, yeah, she's six months sober. Yeah. And he, he wants her to come to the, her, her speech, and he kind of implies that he's not going to go. Yeah. Before that, before he decides to leave, he has to say goodbye to his daughters. Yeah. And I mean, well, that's, the younger one doesn't really get it, but the older the one, older that one calls it, him Michael is just like. It's very touching. It's very touching. And, but he, you know, he decides to go. That's, I mean, I guess in the end, he's, he's he needs to be away from that. Probably doesn't want to be away from his daughters, but yeah, also work wise, that's how he's going to make money. But you could tell it, it work is the reason, but there are other reasons. If they were yeah. still in, you know, family unit and everything sure. was going well, he would try harder to stay in San Francisco. Or if they were, or maybe like move that, out to Denver. All, they would all move to Denver. Sure. And um, I just want to touch on the conversation with the older daughter again, Tina. Mm-hmm. She, she even says to him like, "This is like." She recognizes him as her father, even though she doesn't call him father. She still calls him Michael. 
and she basically says like are you gonna come visit me or you're only visiting me because my sister is your yeah. real daughter and he makes it very clear there that you're like, my daughter he feels equal equal love for yeah. the two daughters and that he, this is where I think Andy Garcia really shines like you could tell there that he's like maybe moving to Denver isn't the best decision mm-hmm. I guess it's something I have to do but which so then cut to like after that then the, like the final scene is at her six month sobriety meeting and she gives this you know you know great speech just like she's up there you know open heart and everything like that wearing you know wearing her heart on her sleeve yeah you could tell you could tell Meg Ryan here talking about her lowest point which as we said you know is like that day where she you know hits her daughter in the chat and then like you know yeah and she shower. feels it like you could yeah. she's doing a great job here I think cause... but she misses him and she says how you know she yeah, she 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 wishes away. she could have a second chance, and like like I said, she's crying here. I mean, she's tearing up. Yeah, and it, it feels real, and like, like good for her. Yeah. Like you you connect here, even though again, a little corny, but yeah, but not the I speech, mean, not the performance. Yeah, but then when she gets off the stage, her peers are congratulating her, saying you know very moving, you know like speech and everything, and then it's kind of a uh, it's very similar scene to the beginning like we obviously know that she and michael are you know or well we're a couple and like know one another so it doesn't have that impact of the beginning scene but he comes up and just has describes her but not you know like, yeah so the big surprise is that he's actually there yeah heard her speak kind of weird surprise philip Seymour hoffman's character is not there yeah what's the deal with that that's why the like leads me to believe there's like I don't know maybe like there was just another scene where like he and Alice have a falling out or maybe he gets back into rehab maybe, maybe he has a, rehab, he's a lapse or maybe yeah. maybe she still had hope that he would show up and he didn't want to yeah. like he didn't want to ruin that yeah I don't know but it's disappointing because like you you see that they've gotten pretty close obviously she's going to his house and like yeah and then Michael could have had some nice words with Gary like oh I was a jerk like I hope like you were you know. Yeah, and you don't see well. that, which is odd and yeah. disappointing. But no again, closure, unfortunately. Maybe that was shot on a way different day and it didn't fit with Philip Hoffman's schedule. It could even be that as well. So they're just maybe. like, whatever. I don't know. But regardless. Yeah, but Michael's there and says some very like kind and passionate words about his wife and just obviously what he understands now, what his role needs to be should, and should be for her as far as supporting and. They, you know, just, I mean, they share a very passionate kiss, and we're assuming that uh, either they'll become a family again in the San Francisco or Denver area. She talks about getting that second chance, and it's very clear that she gets... She's getting a second chance. She's getting a second chance. And then he is, too, though. He is, too. He's getting a second chance, too. Kind of thought Percy Sledge's One Man Loves a Woman was going to kick Yeah, you only get it at the beginning. Sorry, Kyle. Do you think that was the original title of this film? No, the original title was Significant Other. Oh, okay. It's kind of a bland. T- I mean, not that when a man loves a woman is like no. A, also a bland title, but there's a song with that one. <laughs> yeah, there's a famous song that definitely probably helps pull some audience members in. But I do. I was thinking about it a little bit more. Like, it's you know, there's a choice to be made there, and that's when a man loves a woman. And I think that really is like you know. She, 
he always loves you know, she kind of falls out of love with him yeah she always loves her but i don't blame her she's really focusing on herself <laughs> no 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 important. i get it i'm not like nothing i mean i can't imagine like what one goes through in those moments no. of, you know self-questioning and if you're questioning yourself how do you even know what else is true you know i just i think that that's like an important thing towards the title even plays towards his character gotcha i mean it's true yeah so did you like the film yeah, I liked it. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to watch it again anytime soon. Yeah, but... this isn't something I would probably watch again, only because it's heavy, but not heavy enough where I'm like, I need to see this again. To Yeah. This was fairly a hit when it came out. Okay. It was number two at the box office to The Crow. The Crow, yeah. <laughs> Dark film, different kind of different kind of heavy, heavy-handedness. Yeah. Um, wow, what a depressing Friday to go to the theater. <laughs> We're going to get, a, I think, a reboot. They've been talking reboot of The Crow for a while for now. years. So maybe we'll get a reboot of When a Man, when a man Loves a Woman to come out the same yeah, day. We just the, the... So we need someone to, uh, you know, not the Michael Bolton. We need someone from today to cover When a Man Loves a Woman. <laughs> yeah, and then they'll use the Michael Bolton because that would be oh, the Oh, because, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but I I think I agree with you. I don't know if I'll see this film again. I mean, I don't know if I can even recommend this film if you're a Philip Seymour Hoffman fan, because he's in it so little. Yeah. Um, but it's not... If you're someone who suffers from alcoholism or addiction, or you know someone who does, maybe it's check it out. Piece. Yeah, maybe yeah. check it out and let us know if it actually does communicate to you. Yeah. Or like, oh, this is bullshit. This is all like, you know, this is... This is what it looks like in the movies, but it has nothing to do with like how it looks in real life. Yeah. That's completely acceptable. Like I sure. said, I don't know. You said you might have a little bit more experience than me, but I know you don't know firsthand. No, I mean, it wasn't like nearly... I didn't like see the stuff that they portrayed in that movie. Yeah, so I mean, we'd love to hear from everyone you. Everyone experiences different, you know, scenarios. Obviously, it doesn't have to be public. You can, you know, privately tell us. Even tell us if you're passing us yeah. on the street. You know, uh, it's a weird street conversation. It is a weird street conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm very curious to see like how close to reality Meg Ryan's experience, yeah, or even Andy Garcia's experience. Well, is. next episode when we bring her on, we'll... <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. We we get Meg Ryan, but yeah. we don't bring her on this episode. On this episode we bring episode, her on yeah. next week's episode. So what is next week's episode? So next week's episode is Nobody's Fool, oh. a Paul Newman film. Paul Newman. I had wow. not seen it. I. I think I've seen parts of this film. Really? Okay, that's good. Philip Seymour Hoffman plays a cop. That's cool. Yeah. Um, hopefully next week we get a little bit more of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. I know, I know just even from like the trailer and scenes that I recall him in, we do. But not I th- any any film. Like Unless Philip Seymour Hoffman isn't in a film, we're going to get like a, you know, a role of his that's more than what this film gave us. I would think so. Yeah. I don't think he has like a walk-on role in something. Yeah, that's IMDb worthy. Maybe a TV show or something. Yeah. But we are only doing um, feature films on this podcast, so we're still sifting through all your responses for what our closing line should be. Yes. Some have been a little profane, so we're not going to go through <laughs> those. But we'll pick a good one soon. But for now, I guess we just have the uh, old goodbye. Yep. Happy trails. Happy trails to you. I think someone did that already. Uh, Is that from something? I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> Keep it crispy. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's from 
Pete Holmes' podcast. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Big Pete Holmes guy. Yep. All right, bye, people. <laughs> I believe in miracles